I feel like I've spent my life being like, man, how can I do this so I don't have to work? Mm. You feel me? And it's like, now I'm like, I've done learn that shit because like work isn't the problem. And I feel like if you look at work as the problem, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because like I said, you don't have to work either way. The homeless, the fucking homeless guy is working. Mm. I work, I drive a bus. I see homeless niggas all the time. Them niggas working. They sweating. They fucking tired. Them motherfuckers be working. So work, you will not escape work. When you, no, you know when you escape work? When you're dead. That's when ain't nothing working no more. You're done. Hello, everyone. Sophia here, and welcome to the very first episode of the Love Made Visible podcast where we get to listen to people from all walks of life and all kinds of personal and professional backgrounds talk about what it means for them to work with love. For this episode, I interviewed Lance Cook and Jerome Madison, who together make up the musical duo Thrift Lords. This was such an exciting interview to do, not only because these guys are super talented and I genuinely love their music, but also because I've personally known both of them for years now. Lance is actually my brother-in-law, and Jerome was his best man at the wedding. So to see how they've grown together as friends and as artists has just been utterly inspiring. The three of us talked a little bit about their childhood and how they met, And then we discussed what the journey of creating and releasing their very first album has been like for them. Quick side note, I did forget to introduce the guys individually in the beginning of the interview. So just to clarify, Jerome answers my question first, followed by Lance. Another thing I want to quickly point out is that throughout the interview, you may hear a soft humming slash trickling in the background. That is Squirtle the Turtle's tank, because we recorded this interview in Lance's apartment, and Lance has a turtle. However, I didn't try too hard to get rid of that background noise, because personally, I like the idea of letting all y'all, the audience, hear the interview exactly as I heard it, when the three of us were just sitting and talking, and that sort of minimally edited audio is something that I decided to just keep rolling with in subsequent interviews. So anyway, hope you all enjoy this interview. Here we go. Southwest side. Uh, I've been all over Houston. I've lived in A Leaf. I've lived on the Southwest. Uh, stay with my granny in South Acres. I, I've been on the sunny side. So I mean, I just 
I claim Houston in total. Uh, that's another side conversation that me and Lance had. Just like if if you if you were in Houston and you lived at A Leaf, you were not in A Leaf your whole life. So <laughs> I, I've been all around Houston. Yeah. And um, when I when I first went to the high school that I went to was George Bush High School, and um, me and Lance we was we was really cool, but like we didn't really know each other. I, you know, I, did we have one class? I think we had like a class together. Yeah, we did later. We had art class together. Yeah, we had art class later on down the line, but we first met each other in a uh, in a in a rap cycle, and uh, it was pretty big. So like everybody at school, if you was a rapper, we had ciphers in the bathroom, and like sometimes we would have it in front of the bus route, but most of the time our main location was in the, in the boys' bathroom. And it was really big because it, it got to a point to where it was <laughs> like some of our friends, girlfriends would like pop in. And I don't know, like creep shit, but like just because they wanted to see the cypher and see his rap. And also, it was also pretty big because we had some of our teachers like Mr. Uh, Mr. Moncrief. Shout out Mr. Moncrief. And Mr. Wells. Mr. Moncrief and Mr. Wells. Both of them was cool. And Mr. Uh, it, was like, it was a couple teachers. Yeah, like principals. Principals and teachers. And like the only one that was really hating, the only principal that was hating was Miss Rose, bro. Miss Rose was the only one that was hating on the Cypress. But, uh, nah, it was pretty fire. And, like, we, you know, we had battles. It, it got, it got pretty, pretty tense. And um, we did that every morning before we went to class. Who started that? Was it just a random? Damn, that's a good. I don't even know that one. <laughs> Who did start the cipher? Oh uh, no, it was just you know cyphers are a thing. I just um, yeah. Well, hold on, we'll, we'll get into that. All right, all right, cool, cool, where you grew cool. Up so, so yeah, we held these cyphers every morning, uh, every day of the week, and um, it just got it got really big over time. And um, after a while, me. And one of my English teachers, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Simmons, before I started getting into rap, I did like all I wanted to do was poetry. I took poetry more serious than I did rap. And uh, honestly, Lance has a lot to do with my rapping because I was just like, I want to rap, but nah, it's all about poetry. I just want to do poetry, poetry, <laughs> poetry. That's it. And until I realized that poetry is the sister of rap, it's, yeah. it's pretty much the same thing to to a certain extent uh but honestly i feel like well, of course you have a lot more freedom than you do with rap because with with rap you have to stick to a beat you have to catch the time and you have to pace yourself um with poetry you don't have to rhyme you can rhyme when you feel like it um and you you can you can be yourself in rap too but poetry is less structured and a lot and a lot less formal um but yeah, so Miss going back to Miss Simmons. Um Miss Simmons was involved with uh HBO's Brave New Voices. And Brave New Voices is pretty big because they would take uh big poetry teams all around the US from whether it was uh in Houston or LA, just all around. And um during the time Russell Simmons was hosting and I was like, Oh man, like a poetry team, I wanna I wanna get into this. <laughs> so I found out um Miss Simmons hooked us up with this poetry group called metaphor houston and uh she was really cool with being outspoken being and yeah big shout out to outspoken <laughs> being big shout out to miss yeah. simmons uh, yeah for sure and uh also being is still doing this thing so yeah. definitely yeah. shout out to being yeah. so um <clears throat> so yeah so me and lance you know we decided to go for it and uh during that time you know we we was like we knew each other but we didn't know each other. Yeah. So we went from 
going to school to each other to catching buses to the different going downtown to have these poetry workshops to be with metaphor houston and there was some days when my mom was working and she couldn't take us sometimes lance's mom was working and we didn't have a way so it was certain nights where we would have to catch the bus late as hell at night and then they would be like hey i get off it yada 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 we'll pick you up from the bus line so we just we was bro we was young like <laughs> young as hell you guys weren't like friends and then you decided to nah like we like we was we was cool but we wasn't like yeah it brought us together like we was cool but we didn't know each other know each other uh so yeah so we started going to um going downtown to downtown's library and it was just a different world houston alone is a world in itself but when we took the bus downtown it was a, it was just different so um so yeah we did all these poetry uh visits and workshops and ended up joining the team for metaphor houston and found out what poetry slam really was and the art of performing uh it was just it, it was really eye-opening and then um after a while, I mean, we just started building a relationship and getting really closer to each other. And then I think uh, the first year it was me and him. And then I think this Lance came the second year, I believe, too. And then like the last year, it was just me. So it was a little bit different. But um, yeah, that's that's how that's how we met. So we met through the art of music and poetry. And I think that's why our, our friendship is, is so solid. And I also think that's why our pen game is the way it is, because we 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 are we are rappers, but we are also writers, yeah. and um, you can hear that through our through our rap. So, yeah. so yeah, that's that's how that's how my that's how I think it all started on my sake. Yeah, I was born in um, in Kansas City, Kansas, first, <laughs> and then I moved to A Leaf. So I think when I first came here, lived off of Dairy Ashford and Bissonette, across the street from Summerstone Apartments. Then I moved to Leewood and I lived there for like a year or two. And then we moved to Summerstones. I was in Houston from kindergarten to sixth grade and then I left and we moved to Fort Bend. But Fort Bend is like, I always lived on the outskirts of Houston, you know, because mm -hmm. Ailey, the, the part I was in, it was like literally on, literally I lived a block away from the sign that said, You are leaving the Houston city limits. So it's like, I lived on the edge of Houston, and then we moved across that to live in Fort Bend. But Houston is only like a 15-minute drive away from Fort Bend. So it's like you still go to church in Houston. You yeah. still go to your Walmart in Houston. You still fucking damn near go to school in Houston, Richmond and shit. So it's the same fucking thing. So, yeah, that that's where I was born and shit with my mom and sister and shit like that. Um, but... Yeah, so yeah, we was we met on some oh we didn't meet in the bathroom though. We met the first time I remember seeing you, it was in the cipher, but before we was in the bathroom, like we would go in the bathroom sometime. But before we would have it on the back of the school, remember? By the track and shit. Oh shit. Yeah, it would be in the back of the school. <laughs> Damn. Still, that's right, that's right, that's right. He was wearing like some polo shirt, it was like some striped shit. Yeah. Women used to be dressing hella formal to school and shit. Hell yeah. Like slacks and shit. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, this nigga was awesome. He was always like cause niggas called him knowledge. So it was like, yeah, that's my man. I think Jazz <laughs> might have been the one who brought you around, I think. I think it might have been Jazz. It like, might have been Jazz. You need to meet you need to meet knowledge, man. You need to see my man knowledge. <laughs> Who the fuck is this knowledge guy? 
But every time he would rap, he'd be on some like talking about black man, like the black man type shit. So I was like, uh, yeah, okay, like this nigga's on some common type shit. So I was like, all right. But um, he would always be like having like a book with him and shit like that. So like the nigga low key was looking like a teacher. You know what I'm saying? But like, how you know, ironic. Yeah, right. Ironically, right. But yeah, so that's how we met in the cipher and shit. And, Ended up getting on the poetry team together and shit. And, yeah. You know, we ended up having to take, we ended up having to be all across the city, man. We had to, like you said, take these long ass bus rides and shit. Yeah, strangers. And then we ended up going to Chicago together for the competition. So we've just been cool since then. So, yeah, yeah pretty much. So when did y'all officially like decide you were going to make music together? <laughs> Yeah, it but, just kind of happened. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what happened. Like, cause the thing is, okay. So first of all, he rapped, but like I said, he was like, "I want to be a poet. I want to be a poet." Yeah. So I was like, "Cool, whatever." Like, you know what I'm saying? But he was nice, and I was like, "Damn." <laughs> you know, maybe we can. We was gonna do that. Remember, it's gonna be rhythm and poetry. Yeah. Like, but no, it's Damn, gonna be I the R&P that. album, the rap and poetry album. So it was like, all right, oh, we're cool. gonna do like half rap and I half remember poetry. That shit. All right, cool. So he was like, yeah. There's songs online of him doing poetry over beats and shit like that. And JR was shooting him and everything like that. Like, yeah. There's like old videos of like a homie JR. Shout out to him. He does our videos and our art and shit like that. And um, yeah, he used to do, he's doing poems over beats and shit like that. So we was doing that for a little while. I think you transitioned to rhyming after I left school. After I graduated, and I just remember being like, "Yeah, I want to rap more," or you're like, "I want to rap or something like that." I'm like, "All right, cool." <laughs> and it was like, um, it might have been after Unbeatable though, because we did a take called Unbeatable. Yeah. We used to have this Ooh, group, right. um, called Hood Era, with like, you know, like basically all my friends that I still have now. Like, we all used to rap in the group, so we were doing that, and then eventually, me and him did an album called Oblain Passion. And it was like, it's actually like a really cool album to me because if you listen to the album, it's funny, motherfuckers gonna find that album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where, where might we be able to find it? Uh, you gotta look for it. We gotta dig for that. It, it's, it sounds like shit, but it's dope though. Like, yeah. there's ideas on there. And when you listen to this album, you're literally listening to like Jerome's, like, what the album might have, I think maybe twenty-two songs, maybe. Yeah. Other than that, he probably only did like ten other songs before that. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing the first thirty songs of this guy. So I really like that album because it was basically before he learned to traditionally rap. Yeah. So you're hearing him. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't rap anything like he did back then. And it's like I liked it though because I remember showing people the shit. And that'd be like his flow weird, or like why yeah. he's not really on beat, or like. But I like. I was, I, was like, I was still a poet. You still learning how to transition from am. rapping to a poet. Yeah. So his pockets were very interesting. Yeah. You feel me? So yeah. like it was like watching a baby learn to crawl, like walk and shit. You feel me? And like you didn't want to tell him that's the wrong way to walk. You like you know what? Yeah. No, I'll do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to walk on your hands? Do that. That might be cool. So. Yeah, we did that, put that out, you know, not really much going on there. All right, cool. And then we started making music, mm-hmm. and then it was like, um, we just ended up making this group called Thrift Wars because we met the guy from, from um, 
our last episode on Hidden Dust um, that we interviewed. His name is ATC. He met him off of um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'll let him get into that. But he met him off Facebook. And we met up with him on some, like, some fashion shit because he was, like, reselling shit like polos and SBs shit like that. SBs during the summer. Before SBs are yeah. what they are now. This is, like, 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. And, like, we met up with him at uh, the Galleria. He was, like, real quiet dude. But, like, he was making these type of beats that was similar to what we were making. And I was like, damn. I thought we was the only people in Houston making shit like this. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, long story short, we started fucking with him and we just ended up making a whole sound and then we decided to make this group called Thrift Lords because we basically broke off from our original group. And it was like, let's be a duo. And like, we just started doing shit. So, we're still two solo artists, but we ended up making this whole universe in itself of yeah. like our yeah. two. Like, we had to bring two worlds together. So now, it's funny because people don't look at it as like, oh, y'all the thrift lords, but it's like we're still Lance Crook and just Casual Rock. Like we're yeah. still two different artists, but y'all know us for a group. Yeah. yeah. We started as solo artists though, you know? So yeah. that's how that happened. I think that's cool though. Like so let's see your guys' like collab collab process. Like we just make that... shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. How did that come about? Like because oh. you were saying um Jerome like was learning and everything. Yeah. But I think I mean you guys whenever you, you listen to like y'all's music, you mm-hmm. guys sound really fucking cool. So to say the least. So long time. Like, yeah. <laughs> so do you guys just kinda like come to each other with ideas and stuff and then kinda go from there? Yeah, to yeah, so a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our stuff, I mean we just we just come up with on the fly. But uh, most of the time, Lance has a lot. I feel like Lance has a lot of a lot of that leeway because he's not only I'm say a little bit about him a little bit. So he's not only a producer, uh, but he he helped like we, he did the cover. He does a lot of the artwork for Hidden Dust Radio. Um, just a, a lot of our taste that we have right now for Thrift Floors. Uh, he created he created all of it, uh, but uh, I also kind of have like uh, I also kind of have a say so on that too, because I'll say like, hey, what about it? Like I'll I'll probably say, hey, well, what about for that? Okay, well, if you do that for the cover, how about you add this or how about you add that? And um, I was just telling him a while ago, like you know, I'm really good at being a tastemaker, so I I can take something, I can take an idea. And I can add on to that and develop it and make it better than what it already was. Mm-hmm. And Lance is already amazing. So um, when we work together, we create we create magic. Yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's just great guy. Yeah, a lot of it will start with just like um, like I said, our homie um, Myriad Pro, who like uh, when he brought us these beats, he makes beats and he's once again though he's another guy. He's a producer by proxy, right? Because he's like, he doesn't really make beats. That's the thing. Like, like I said, I have this thing where I like, I am. People might look at it as like a yes man type of effect, but I don't really kind of believe in like correcting creativity. So it's kind of like you know, like I said with Jerome, I could have been on his ass like, nah, bro, you ain't say that right. Nah, you need to ride this beat better. You need to. But it was kind of like, 
I like that. Like, cause I'm into weird shit. Whether we're talking about like Quasimodo Dude. or fucking Doom or you know, yeah. even just weird. I'm into weird music. So it's like there's so many ways to approach things that a lot of ways that we might approach something, it might not be the industry standard. So when we met Pro, he he wasn't even really making beats. He would give me like mixes. He basically would give me these DJ edits of songs he would find. He would slow them down. And then mm-hmm. I would make beats out of what he gave me. So yeah. once again, he's giving me shit that I'm sure if you gave it to another motherfucker, somebody would be like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. I can't do nothing with this. Yeah. What am I, what do you want me to do with this? But I immediately was like, okay, this is cool. I can do something here. Yeah, and then like, the yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we just built a whole thing out of it. So our part of our creative process is he'll, he'll give me a bunch of shit. And in context of pressure for me, because I blame passion. I did all the beats on that project mm. versus Laura has it. Um, I think I probably got like two or three full beats by myself. And I think Pro might have one or two full beats by himself. But for the most part of the tracks, it's me and Pro. I'm going through Pro shit and then making beats out of the edits that he's done. So it takes off the work. So most of the time when it comes to thrift floors, right? It's like I have this folder full. And he'll, the thing about, once again, Pro is like, He's a strange person because it's like he'll just go through and make edits of hours worth of music. Like, so he'll give me folders with like 40 just clips of him just taking a song and slowing it down and spinning it around and shit like that. And he'll just be to somebody else, like I said, they'll just be like, What am I listening to? Like, why does the song just keep being brought back? But I'm like, Oh. Now I explain it's kind of weird because it's like basically we know how to communicate through the music because you'll hear a song and he'll just be keep kind of bringing back this certain part of the song mm-hmm. and someone else will be like why does it sound like the song skipping but I know pro like oh he's telling me to sample this part of the song yeah. that's why he keeps bringing this section back that's again and again that's my thing right and mind yeah. you. I didn't know we met Pro from from Facebook, not even Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook. So it wasn't like I knew this nigga a whole long time. But the moment that I heard his music and we started fucking with each other, I guess we're just so alike, A alike, C alike type shit to where our ears and our commu- our creativity was able to communicate with each other immediately yeah. to where we kind of developed this language between each other where it's like, okay, when you hear me bringing back this part in the song, that means do something there. So I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. And then I'll do that. So anyway, it's him giving me folders of edits yeah. and then me going through those edits and then editing them into songs for us to rap on. And then I'll go and I'll be like, okay, since I'm doing all this shit, like I'm making all these beats and I'm in the programs kind of doing it from start to finish. As I'm making a song, I can be like, okay, this is the hook right here. This is the bridge right here. So mm-hmm. by the time I'm giving it to Jerome, I'm like, okay, rap right here from minute here, from sec, from point zero zero five of the song to minute one fourteen, right from here, and then he'll be like, okay, cool, and he'll do that, and then after that we'll write a rough version of the song, and then I'll go back and be like, all right, we'll usually sit with it for like I don't know, weeks to months. Really, yeah. <laughs> this album is like goddamn what we started it in like 
2014. Because yeah. we have a song. It's a 2015. On Life Can Switch. He would, he would never even notice that no, shit. No, on the album. On the album, Life Can Switch. On the album, Lord has it. There's a song called Life Can Switch. And on there, Jerome said this is 2019. The original version of that song says it's 2015. Yeah. We had to go back. That's how much we had to go back and change that. The funny thing is, I don't even think that's the first time we changed that part. I don't. I think you did it in 2017. <laughs> and we, but the album came out in 2019. We yeah. were like, damn. This song is like you fucking. Can't rush it. Like what the hell? I mean, yeah. shit though. Like, it's so funny you hear the album. Like, we made that album before we was fucking married. Yeah. Like, we made that album. Like, people say I've heard it over and over again. People say it takes your whole life to make your first album, mm. and it's like, yeah, bro. Like that's a that whole that album is like <laughs> you're hearing niggas learn what it's like to have real jobs. Yeah. In that album, when you're hearing life and switch and shit like. like that's really like, damn, bro. Like, I really hate this fucking job. Yeah. Shit like that. You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah. fucking. Do we call it? What do, what do we call it? That's the thing. Y'all know names of the songs. I know the original names of the songs. So I don't even know what we necessarily put <laughs> on the album. What's the name of that song? Life is Bird with the Ben Wing. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bird with the Ben Wing. Nigga, I wrote that shit in <laughs> Iowa, learning to drive trucks, like, bro. Fuck, I hate, I want to go home. Like, so you hear the pain in that shit, yeah. like, man. So anyway, that's part of our creative process. It's just a lot of bouncing back and forth, editing, until you get to the point where it's like, all right, bro, we got to put this fucking album out, bro. Like, we can't, right, we got to put this shit out. And then once you get into that point, it's like, is there anything else we're going to do here? No? All right, let's just finish this off. Yeah. You feel me? And then you just kind of like, Take it to get mixed after that. And you know, you, you might add a few more things from there, but you round it out from there. And then you just, yeah. you know, you have to learn when to step away from the shit. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, for you guys, when did y'all know that the album was finished? Shoot. Why did I know the Or was album? it just more of like a now or never kind of a thing? Uh, I mean, I, I was. Yeah, it was kind of not a now or never thing. And then it was just like, like Lance had kept saying, he was like, nah, we gonna put, we gonna, I don't care what happens, we gonna put bro, this album shit out. Was happening, yeah. like, we gonna put this album bro. out. My and, fucking uh, computer got fucked up, yeah. bro. I, I was, and then I was having issues with my computer too. Yeah, your shit, like, bro, my original computer that we made it on, that shit broke because of some dumb shit. And then it was yeah. like, but it'd be so funny though, because situations like that, you know, I, I'm kind of a spiritual person. I'd be feeling like Same. it'd be God, like, smacking the excess shit out your hand. <laughs> and whatever you left with is like, okay, this is what I need to make the album with. Like, all the mm -hmm. other shit that was gone, when you look at it, it really wasn't that good anyway. So it's like, okay, let me, it's like a reminder, like, hurry up before I take all this shit. So it's like, yeah. that's why I was like, you know what? <laughs> and you know what the crazy part about it is? With the bullshit that's happening right now, with the last shit that happened, I lost my hard drive. Yeah. If we hadn't have put it out, this shit would have never got out. Imagine Damn. if that shit bitch, was yeah. it was on there. So imagine yeah. if we didn't put that out, it would have never came out. Because the sad part about that, well, actually, it's not that sad because our engineer, Doc Seven One Three, shout out to him. Oh yeah, shout our engineer, he makes the whole album. He still has the stems, but like, imagine if I was still on some like, I'll get mixed next year. 
Hell and, yeah. I, and no one else had the stems but me. That shit would've been gone. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. And then, uh, that's when we knew the end. And then, and then, like, for the cover, we were just like, uh, we worked together, so Lance was just like, okay, we need a green wall. And we, and then, like, during it, oh, man, speaking of hard drives, Lance, Lance lost his hard drive. I lost my fucking Volvo, man, yo. Like, oh, R.I.P. to my yeah, Volvo. My, the I started, fun, that shit. Oh, man. Yes. So I started, oh, no. I started having That's issues. I started having issues with my transmission. Mm-hmm. And then they were saying, hey, you know, you can get such and such. This is a 19... 19- like, and that's another thing. Like, being a thrift floor is a risk because by default, we only like old shit. And like, like, cause I, I tell Lance all the time, like, bro, I probably wouldn't buy a, a new car past 2000. Like, we, we genuinely like old shit. So when they was like, hey, well, you know, I'm sorry, you know, you can get a new transmission, but it's going to come off another 1998 Volvo. So, I mean, you don't necessarily know when it may or may not give out. It's not like yeah. I'm pushing a 2017 or a 2015. I'm driving old cars. Yeah. So it's just like, <sighs> and then they said it's going to cost about 14 to 15 to put a new transmission. And I'm like, I, yeah, so I, did, I didn't have that. And my car gave out on me like maybe a month or two. After we shot that cover, see what that once again, <laughs> so, that is God though. Yeah, like, perfect timing. I'm exactly. saying. So we were just like, okay, well, look, we are gonna use my car. I'm not gonna say the location. You know what I'm saying? But I found the location <laughs> of where we shot the album cover, and um, we just Lance was like, hey, stand right there. Okay, I'm gonna stand right here. Go check the camera. Like we was trying to figure out where we wanted ourselves to be placed. For the album cover, how we wanted to shoot ourselves. it. Yeah, so we shot all this shit ourselves. And during the time, like, we was trying to get people to help us, mm-hmm. trying to reach out to people. And we was even like, hey, look, we got the money. We just need the, we just need the help. Yeah. We didn't really, you know, people were flaking on us. So mm-hmm. we was just like, shit, we'll just do it ourselves. Yeah. And um, by default, we're learning to do a lot of things ourselves, but we're still trying mm-hmm. to build a team. Yeah. But it's just... Yeah, we keep being placed in this position where we're being forced to be independent, but we would like a team to help us with, with at least creative, not necessarily creative direction, but with a lot of resources that we technically can't get our hands on. Yeah. So. What was your very first non-artist job? You mm. <laughs> uh, I had a couple chops. <laughs> I'll let you go first, yeah, because you had, you had yeah, jobs when we was like... High school, I think? Yeah, my first job was working at uh, CC's Pizza, and I was a dishwasher. And I, uh, I, like, I used to always go eat at this CC's Pizza, and I was telling my mom, like, hey, I, I want a job. And I was a regular customer, so I told the manager, I'm like, hey, you know, I think I was, like, 14 to 15. He was like, no, I can't hire you right now, but when you turn 16, I, I'll get you on and you know during that time i ain't believe that shit because people sometimes people just be talking they'll give you the wink and the gun yeah the <laughs> hit you with the, the wink and the gun like i'll get you you know got him but uh he he did give me my job on my birthday and uh i worked like a week later and you know it was cool i i was really excited making some horrible pay like minimum minimum ways like, maybe like yeah i was getting like maybe seven or less than that shit I mean, nigga, but you are, you at home and shit like that. Yeah. You're in high school money. <laughs> and then after that, I worked at uh, Burlington. <laughs> and I was, again, I worked in the back. So I was ticketing the center and clothing. 
And uh, little did I know, I thought, you know, it was just a regular job. I didn't realize that I was also being introduced into fashion, even if it was just being by Burlington. And during the time, it was a Goodwill right next to that Burlington that I was frequently going to. So um, that also had a lot to do with my taste. And then um, after Burlington, was it Macy's? Yeah, I ended up working at Macy's Distribution Center. That was the worst job I ever had because I'm loading trucks with pallets. 18 wheelers working the assembly line. That shit was hard. Like I'll never, I'll never go back to that shit again. <laughs> that was the worst job I've ever had in my life. And then, uh, damn, what other job did I have after that? Huh? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So hey, I, I'll stop right there. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop right at Macy's. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think I liked it because you said it yourself, like that progression, like towards fashion and stuff, which is another thing y'all do. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right? Definitely. Like, retail yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we'll come back to that. Okay. Actually, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, what about your jobs? Man, you know what the crazy <laughs> thing is? We were just talking about photography. My first job was photography, low key. The first job I ever had straight out of high school was um before i was working at the movie theater the first job <laughs> i ever had my mom had a friend at work her husband used to like do photography for like little league games <laughs> so like he, he, did, he did what we call action shots so he would pull uh, up to like a a little league baseball game or a little league soccer game and he'd be on the side you know the motherfucker on the side of, of the on the court side and shit like that taking pictures of the kids and shit like that and what they would do is we'd have, which is the camera, the same bag right now that I got the shit over there. We'd take shots of these kids and we'd give the memory card to like these people in trailers and they would print out these pictures of these kids, you know, at that swinging or running. Mm-hmm. So after the game, if your kid won, you're like, I want, there'd be somebody in a trailer basically taking all these memory cards and getting the best pictures. And he'd be like, now nah, look, it was crazy as business because they would quickly edit the shit and then it would just have them all up on these computer screens in this trailer and then have them printed out. So basically you'd be like, oh, that's Jimmy. When he hit the home run, I want to buy that so I can have that in my house. You feel me? Like yeah. framed. So, you know, I got a picture of my child star or whatever the fuck. So it's like, <laughs> we would go to like Battle of the Bands and shit like that. Nice. Fucking, that so cool. we'd be driving all the way out in the middle of fucking like, <laughs> This is when I first started driving, so it was like everything felt far, you mean? Like, we was going to fucking, like, Abilene and shit like that. We was driving far. (laughs) Far, bro. Like, and, like, that shit was hard because you'd be outside, bro, in the summer. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, like, my summer job. So it was like, damn, it was hot. I didn't even even know how much I got paid. Like, he probably got paid way more than me. I was basically, like, his little fucking, like, gopher. You feel me? Because like, <laughs> he would basically give me like some. I put him on. I, Mr. Robert. I got. I don't know where the fuck he is now, but he low key hooked me up with a lot of shit. Because like, mm. for one, he took me. He kind of like took me under his wing. I don't know why. He just kind of fucked with me. But like, he took me to fucking Radio Shack. Not mm. Radio Shack. Uh, Best Buy. Got the camera. He told me what camera. Get. Told me what lens to get. He gave me books on photography that I never read and shit. And he was like, you know, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. You know, taught me how to do the shutter shit. 
But not only that, apparently he used to do music. So like, hmm. he had a, I think that's how I met him. I met him originally because when I first started making beats, I needed records. And I remember my, my mom, you know, she's like, why are you buying all these old ass records? Like, why do you want a record player? So I'm like, whatever. I'm sampling shit. And this lady, whatever. like I said, I forgot her name. She worked with my mom, but she had a record collection. So she like let me come to her house and go through her records. So I guess that's where he saw me because he was like, oh, why this kid want records? And I'm like, mm -hmm. tell him why, you know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, that's cool. You like so-and-so, you know this. So I guess that's why he fucked with me because we yeah. were talking about music and shit, but did that. So I guess that's where I got low-key, like I said, it's kind of foreshadowing because it's like I kind of got like an eye for photography because yeah. I had to do that for work. So I had to learn, mm. okay, I can't just get the kid fucking chewing bubble gum. I got to get the kid <laughs> when he's running. I got to watch this I mean, kid. Could, I could, but like, <laughs> motherfucker don't want to buy that picture. Well, I, like, I can't get him sitting on the bench. Like, I need him Exactly. Getting the game winner shot, you feel me? The fucking <laughs> catching the fucking thing. I have to know. Okay, I gotta watch for this kid because he's probably gonna get this fucking ball. So, you know what I mean? So it's like it's kind of foreshadowing. So that was the first that's job. So cool. Yeah, I think that's God telling y'all like. I know it'd be weird. Yeah, that should be weird. Yeah, that should be weird. For sure. you know? Yeah. Third base, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, I saw motherfuckers fight there. Like I saw parents like try to fuck up coaches and shit. Like, yo, yo, did you get action shots on that? No, I didn't. I should have. Yeah. That was such a hard. I used to. I'm taking pictures. I'm coming home tired. Yeah. Mind you, I'm broke, so I don't know how to spend money like that. I ain't bring no lunch. We out there all day. It ain't like motherfuckers like you get free food there. No, nigga. Like yeah, it was bad. Bro. It was bad. It was crazy though. Yeah. So then how did that like when y'all started like making the music and everything, how did that tie into you guys also having your part time jobs and stuff? Like was it hard hmm. for you guys to like kind of make the time or uh I mean for me, not not really because yeah, not at first, especially like when at home and shit. Yeah, and especially during when it was during um when we were still in high school and like for mm -hmm. me, I had a job. We would just I would just record with Lance on the weekend. That's when we didn't have school or mm -hmm. you know after school during those hours. But when we got older and when we graduated high school, it was just really different. So we used to have we would have to find our off days or. Mm -hmm. You know, days when we was free, and it was just, it was really difficult. You still didn't have as much responsibilities, though. So yeah, like, true, true. You know, you still living with your parents and shit. You know Recording I mean? at our parents' house. They was fine with it. You ain't working no crazy hours yet, you feel me? Because you don't got no, like, rent to pay. Yeah. Well, you got rent, but it's just your moms and shit like that. You know, it's like, so it was cool then. It was cool to wasn't that hard to find time and it's like you still with all your friends and shit so it's like yeah nobody's really moved away like that yet you know what i mean so like it was still cool around then i think um you just get oh man i hate to be like when i was younger you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, i felt like i don't know if it's like i had more energy but it's like i would say when i was younger it wasn't necessarily like i don't think i have less energy now for sure, I'm more, I'm less, I'm more tired now because I work a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I think, for me personally, I didn't see that far ahead. So the difference between now and then it was like 
I'm just focused on, oh, I just want to be a rapper. I want to make this music and we're going to blow up. And it's like, as time went by, you're like, oh, this shit's going to take a lot longer than you thought. <laughs> and it's like, this takes a lot more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When, in the beginning, I was going by lower standards. So it was like, all I had to focus on was just making a dope rap and dope beats. The free, the the creative, the creativity was a lot more free and it was a lot more uninhibited. But the older I got and the more I delved into the art is the more I found out, okay, I need art. I need videos. I need this. I need that. I need to get my shit mixed. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Okay. That's one thing. But now you getting older now. So now you also, you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. And do that with creativity. That's more so, it's not necessarily, I, I mean, the work I do outside of my creativity is tiring, but it becomes mentally taxing trying to, I guess, overthink. That's my problem. I can't speak for Jerome, but for me, I kind of overcalculate because I'm so busy trying to forecast my way into the answer. Because it's like, mm. when I was young, like I said, I wasn't thinking about, man, if I quit my job and wanted to do this music, how much would like healthcare cost? Mm -hmm. Or like, how much will I make? How much will I need to make a year to like cover my half of the rent? So it's like, you're not thinking about that. But now when you put those shits in front of you, you be like, man, so I can work on this beat, but this is just one beat. Yeah. I'm gonna need more than one beat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just, it just becomes quicksand after a while, you know. So that's that's the thing. It's just trying to find a balance and show it that. I, I feel like the balance isn't the balance is definitely something that's key, but more so, the problem with me is <clears throat> getting out of my way and focusing on the next step. And you know, it's okay to know you're on the journey, but focus on your next step. Stop trying to look ahead. Like, okay, how can I get from here to here? It's like just walk. Just yeah. put, the, put your foot in front of the other one, yeah. bro. Yeah. You know, that's what I. That's back then. It wasn't that hard. Mm -hmm. Balancing, making lore has it in the beginning, yeah. which is where we made most of the album. But towards the end, when I'm on fucking different trucks in different states and shit, mm -hmm. I was just writing shit on my downtime. For me, um, I just kind of feel like sometimes I, I feel like I rather like I can be working and then it I'll think about writing all day or sewing all day. And um, a way that I balance that is just I don't know. I just it's is it's cheesy as it sounds. I just kind of do it. Uh, but if if it's if it's something that's constantly on my mind. 
it it'll get to a point to where it just it, it bothers me and I just have <laughs> to do it. Like if if I know that by the time I get home after work, I really want to write, but I'm tired. I'm just be like, hey, look, I want to write, but that's gonna have to wait because my my health is more important. And but the following day is gonna be like, hey, don't forget you didn't write yesterday. And it's like <laughs> it's like I'm telling myself like, dog, stop bothering me. I'm gonna get to it. And then then by the end of it was like, hey, you still haven't got to it. So I have a I have a conscious uh, that talks to me all the time and. Even if I try to ignore it, I'm going to listen to it. And I think that's what helps me be be productive and stay creative. Because cause my conscience won't allow me to be lazy, especially if it's something that I want to do for me. Now, now if, it's, if it's something for somebody else, like working for, uh, for like a, a job that I don't want to go to, I may be late, I, I may oversleep. But when it's for me, I don't have those... Uh, bad patterns yeah. I feel like with work work is life like I gotta work to stay alive yeah. I'm working right now breathing you know what I'm saying so yeah. like work yeah. it's work just you know what I'm saying my fucking brain is working to communicate we so used to this shit you know what I'm saying as I'm talking right now at some point I was on some goo goo gaga type <laughs> shit you feel me like <laughs> But it yeah. took work for me to practice words. So exactly. it's like, work exactly. isn't necessarily the problem. And this is something I feel like I realized recently because it's funny. I feel like I've spent the majority of my life like fantasizing of a time when I won't have to work. Me and my mom have this thing that she used to, she's been saying to me since I was like a child. Like I remember we would be driving and then like my mom would always be like, you know, one day we're going to be rich. We're going to be rich and we ain't going to have to work. And like, <clears throat> I remember being a kid and be like, yeah, one day, one day. And then like, every time we would say something like we're working, my mom would be like, but that day's coming, Lynch. Watch, that day's coming. And I'd be like, yep, that day's coming. And then like, every time, like, I, we would always just say that, like, that day's coming, right, mom? She'd be like, yeah. So it's like, it's a beautiful thing to think about, like, yeah, for sure. But it's like, subconsciously, I feel like I've spent my life being like, man, how can I do this so I don't have to work? Mm. You feel me? And it's like, now I'm like, I have to learn that shit because like work isn't the problem. And I feel like if you look at work as the problem, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because like I said, you don't have to work either way. The homeless, the fucking homeless guy is working. Mm. I work, I drive a bus. I see homeless niggas all the time. Them niggas working. They sweating. They fucking tired. The motherfuckers be working. Yeah. So work, you will not escape work. Yeah. When you, you know, you know when you escape work when you're dead. That's when ain't nothing working no mm. more. You done. Yeah. You're off. You clocked out for good. Yeah. So I'm not worried about necessarily the work. It's what am I doing? Do I like being here? Am I fulfilled by the work? And not only that, do I see something coming from this work? Because sometimes when you're working. It could just feel like, man, like I said, I'm so busy forecasting shit that I'm like, damn, how am I going to get this shit to turn into something that I want it to be? Like the math ain't adding up. So being an employee, there's work in my art. Like when I do my, when I'm doing my art, there's work on it. Right. But when I enjoy working on the shit Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have to get back to that because when I was young and I was learning to rap and make beats, 
I just remember just wanting to be good. Like, I'm going to make a thousand terrible beats and terrible raps until I become good. And I feel like the problem was, and I would always be like, man, one day I'm going to be good, I'm going to be good. But once people started telling me I was good, I started to chill. Like, all right, cool, I'm already good. You feel me? So it's like, now the work really for me, I just want to go back into doing this shit to be good, doing this shit to be fun. Because you start to turn your shit into like, how do I make this shit work to where I don't got to work no more? How do I make this shit work to where this is going to pay my bills? How do I make this shit work to where it can help my family out? But at the end of the day, when you hear Lord has it, motherfuckers talk about that like Lord has it. We was having Lord has it in fucking our fucking parents' house. Yeah, we were. <laughs> you feel me? We was just having fun. We was just like, yo, I was just want to make the illest rap and shit like that. <laughs> you know, so the only difference between my job and my art they both work. It's just there's different reasons behind it. I'm working my job. I drive buses because I need to pay rent. So I'm going to you. Hey, you need somebody to drive this bus or do whatever the fuck? Cool. I'll do that. Give me money to pay my rent, right? Yeah. And then I work in the studio because it used to be, man, I just want to make some shit that made me feel good. I want to make some shit that sounds good. But it got convoluted when it was like, okay, how can I benefit from this? financially you know my own monetizing shit yeah yeah Yeah. that's when the work became that's when it started to become work that's when it started to be like Mm. fuck man like Mm. or how do i make this shit sound as good as somebody else like i said my standards were low in the beginning in the beginning we was just like i said being a fucking crib bro we come from fucking being in my motherfucking mom's living room making Shit with a mic with a fucking sock over this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> shit sound complete garbage. Yeah. Shit sounds terrible. To, it sounds like you're listening to a clock radio or some shit. It was terribly mixed. But we didn't know, yo, this shit sounds, you gotta mix these songs. We didn't know that. And once I found that, though, I would be like, damn. Okay, I need somebody to mix it. Lore has it. Doc mixed it. Alright, cool. I spent the last 10 years trying to afford other people to help me bring my shit to the standards of everybody else. But the funny thing is, and this is how funny this shit be when we go back to foreshadowing and shit, right? Like I said, we used to make songs that sounded like shit quality wise, right? Mm -hmm. But the music was good. The music was great. There's motherfuckers right now who get popular off of shit we was doing Back then, with quality, that sound worse than what the fuck we was doing. Speak on it. Speak so on it's it. like, yep. if I would have re, if I would have looked at it from a different point of view, mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, how do I make this shit sound like her? Not, not, not like I was chasing a trend, but like I was like, man, how do I make my shit at least quality wise be industry standard? Mm-hmm. I should have just been like, okay, how can I do better? How can I? I took it as okay, yo, your song sound like shit. You need to get a mix. I was like, cool. I need to go find somebody else to do this shit. Yeah. I should have been like, how can I get better at mixing? I do videos. Man, this video looks like shit. You need somebody else to mix it. Okay, let me get somebody else to do this. Let me get somebody else to do the art. I should have been like, how do I shoot a better video? Yeah. How do I do this? And I say all that to say, 
it took a toll trying to pass this shit off to someone because I spent the last 10 years trying to afford people's help. Mm-hmm. And that's what fucked with my creativity. Because mm. it was like, before, I didn't need to go to nobody. It mm. was just me in my room, making the beat, making the raps, mm. recording myself. Before everybody's opinions of my shit came in, it was just self-contained. The moment I had to figure out, okay, how do I afford to get my homie to shoot this shit? He want $300 to shoot this shit. All right, cool. How do I afford this guy to mix 20 songs when he wants at least 70 bucks a mix? Okay, how do I afford somebody to do the art? When all of these numbers started to stack up, that's when it started to suck the energy from my creativity. I'm like, fuck, bro, I want to rap. But damn, like, I got to find a way, like, you're hung up on like the logistics. I'm hung up on the logistics yeah. to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to make another song. Cause nigga, how the fuck am I gonna get the last ten minutes? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to add another one of this motherfucker to mix. Yeah. And I'm married to all these songs. So like, how do I pick the best one to be like? Yeah. I want to hear all these songs sound mixed. I want to make this song, but I'm like, damn. How am I gonna afford the video for that song I made the other day? Anyway, long story short, to say that shit fucks up. That's the part that makes the work on the art hard. Yeah. Logistics. Yeah. The work isn't necessarily hard. And it also goes into my day job. Like my day job at the end of the day, it pays for my it pays for the apartment. But the part that sucks is, is like, man, how am I gonna get money outside this motherfucker to pay for my expression? Mm-hmm. To pay for my art. And we ain't that's just art. We ain't even talking about fun. We're not even talking about, I got to take my wife out somewhere. Yeah. We're not talking about, I got to go on a family vacation and just to see my family. So it's like, when you put all that together, it just makes it be like, it's hard to choose the art. Yeah. Like the yeah. art's for me. How am I going to tell everybody else in my life, hey, can you wait a minute? And now you're there, I'm 30 now. So it's like, it starts to just look like an overextended hobby at a certain point. So it's like, that's where the work can, it can be work doing that, but ultimately. But I think you were right about like it's just perspective because in the perspective. end it is like it is for us, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That like, and then we just kind of hope that other people can like connect with. That's it, all you can do. Yeah. yeah, that's all you can yeah. do, and that's also where I'm getting to where it's like, it's not my creativity's job to make you a fortune. Mm. I saw I read something in a book in a Banksy book. He said something like, being creative for the goal of being famous is like going to a restaurant just to take a shit. <laughs> something like that. It was something like that. It's like, Banksy the truth. You don't create to be famous. Yeah. Just create. And hopefully, your shit's so good, the motherfuckers want to talk about it. And then if they do it enough, you'll be famous. My is that how you see it too, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, he, 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 summed, he summed it up for the both of us. <laughs> that was us. a long ass answer. Yeah, I'm a teacher. Yeah. Well, well, I'm an educator. I was a teacher, uh, but I stepped down because it was just, it was too much. And it, it's sad because my first year was the Zoom year when COVID kind of first started. Oh, so I'm a, so I was a first year teacher who, you know, I had a TA, but there wasn't a TA mainly for me mm-hmm. so i was like learning without 
being coached the best as my first year. And it was just, it was rough. So I stepped down. So now I'm, I consider myself an educator because uh, I do intervention with students that are behind and maybe they didn't pass the test, the star test last year. So I helped them catch up on the previous grade level so they can be ready for the current grade level that they should be in or they are in. That's so, cool. so, I love it. So, like, with all of that, like, that whole discussion about, like, work and everything, mm -hmm. um, what comes to mind when y'all hear the phrase, work is love made visible? Mm. I, I like it because I feel like I feel like after a certain amount of time, you know, you get you get to the I, I don't want to say you, you love work, but you realize what you can do with the things that you get from work. Um, like, for instance, I've been learning how to sew and, you know, in, in order to learn how to thread a machine properly, you have to put in the work to uh to, to learn how, you know, what is the bobbin go? Like all of that is answers for each and everything that you need to know, but you have to put in the work in to gain that information. And the same thing goes for like, even if it may be jobs that we may not really care for. Okay. Well, there's still going to be things that I'll get back, whether it may be uh, money or whether it may be things that'll be beneficial. All right. Well, how do I invest from the work that I'm currently getting? So um, I, I, I think there's rewards with each and every work that you may be aligned with and it isn't always money um it's just it's yeah. it's just learning how to properly invest in yourself and it, it could be better you can invest in yourself by it, it being better health um eating properly reading properly um uh, uh, different <laughs> types of investments and so i i definitely agree with definitely agree with that I feel like for um, work is love make it visible. I feel like, you know, it'll be taken a couple different ways because it's like, okay, so like my day job, right? Like, I don't like, I don't say I don't like it, but I appreciate it. So yeah. it's not what I want to do. I don't want to drive people around, you know, but I love the fact that I was even blessed with the opportunity to have this shit because being a bus driver, you see a lot of homeless people. So it's like, yeah. you need to be thankful that you got a job with benefits and hours so my work I go to work to show love that the Lord even put me in this position exactly so I'm gonna show him I appreciate this shit by making the most out of this I might not be the best fucking worker but like <laughs> I'm gonna still do my job now yeah, for, <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying I'm gonna skate you feel me like I'm gonna skate through this motherfucker you know what I, mean? I ain't trying to do the, I ain't trying to do no more than I have to, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'll do what the fuck. I'll do my minimum. But I will do it even with the frown on my face. You feel me? Because yeah. I do love the fact that you gave me this opportunity. So let me show you the love by doing what you're paying me to do. By doing what I'm asked to do. Following the rules and doing my job. I don't want to say the best I can, but well <laughs> enough. You know what I mean? So yeah. for sure. Yeah. But um, as far as creativity, it's like uh, you know, yeah, work is love shown. Because mm -hmm. one thing I struggled a lot with, and I'm just now, I guess, in my thirties, I think I'm about to really start getting into this shit, is like um, I had a very bad thing with failing, like oh yeah, very bad thing with failing and like practicing. I was very bad with practice. I, I don't want to just say in general, though, because when I look at like rap, like I said, 
I would practice that because I was just like, I want to get good one day. But I say all that to say, in order to show love, show show your craft. You got to hone your craft. Mm-hmm. That's how you show your. That's how you show love to like your craft. You got to put in the work. Yeah. Right. Like even like a relationship. Like if you're mm-hmm. in a relationship, mm-hmm. you got to put in work for this motherfucker. Like yeah. you know, that's one thing I'm learning more as I you know getting older and shit. My fucking five year anniversary is coming up next week, and it's like love is work. Like yeah. everything's not as easy as it was in the beginning. I'm, pro- I'm probably about to go meta and very deep with this answer. Please, please. But it's like, look at that, right? Like, it's it's very profound that, right? Like, work is love made visible, right? Because, like, once again, like I said with the job, you have to show your work to show that you love this shit. And, like, if you really love yourself, if you really love this relationship, if you really love this art, you would put in the work to maintain it. Mm-hmm. Look at, like, you see motherfuckers, man, like, I, I don't even know too many people who died just from old age. I know a lot of motherfuckers who died from stress, stress, yeah. heart attack, yeah. fucking some cancer, some fucking, some fucking brain shit, health shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you love your life and you love yourself, but you not put, you got to put in the work to your body exactly. to show your body, I love you. Yeah. It takes work. To go to sleep on time. Yes. It takes work to eat healthy. It takes work to work out. To go to a doctor and tell this motherfucker to check my blood pressure. Fucking, you know, we guys and shit. We got to get fucking frisk and shit like that. You feel me? <laughs> y'all ladies, y'all got to get mammograms and shit. Like, yep. you got to do that shit, though. Yeah. Because, like, it's easy to just sit around and do whatever the fuck you want. And eat whatever the fuck you want and not get checked the fuck out. That's easy. The hard part is, the work is, let me go into this doctor Mm -hmm. and ask him, is anything wrong? Mm -hmm. The older you get, that shit get kind of scary. Because, like, you might be cool. You might be having a great day. (laughs) And you come in and motherfucker like, hey, you low-key got diabetes. Like, You don't even feel anything. You don't feel anything. Now that shit done fucked up. Damn, I was fine. That shit make you not even trust anything. Because you like, damn, I was good. And I I didn't even see that shit. Yeah. So can I be good right now? Something else could be stewing. Mm-hmm. But once again, show the work though. Mm-hmm. Put in the work. Like, all right, cool. I got this shit. Life's not over. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. How do I make the best of the situation? How do I show the Lord uh, or whoever you believe in? I'm still, I still love that you gave me this. Yeah. yeah. Right. So cool. I got diabetes now. How can I change my diet? Yeah. Or do you just say? All right, well, if I'm a go, then I'm a go having fun. Right? <laughs> How is that love? Yolo. Yolo. That's one way to go. How is that love? You feel me? Like, how, is, how are you showing love to, to something that was given to you? And it's the same thing with your art. Well, I'm a, I'm a this. I'm an artist. I'm a fucking painter or whatever the fuck. But you're not doing it. The Bible tells you if you don't use some shit, you're going to lose some shit. Mm-hmm. So how are you showing love? You're not showing your, like, you can't do nothing. You can't go get five minutes of the day to go doodle something. To go fucking write a few, just make yourself write whatever the fuck comes with a fucking haiku, something. You can't do something for five minutes to show that you got love for this shit. Because remember when you didn't have that shit, you was like, damn, one day I want to be good. You get good and now you're not doing it. 
Like, it's kind of like, what's what's the use of talent if you're not doing anything with your talent? Exactly. You're ungrateful. Yeah. Exactly. You're spoiled and you're ungrateful. How are you showing love? So, yeah. <laughs> and then to add on to that, you know, after a while, it, it can end up being somebody that's doing exactly what you wanted to do. And you can look at them and be like, well, man, like, he's doing what I was doing. But you could have done, yeah, you could have, you could have done the same exact thing. You could have done the same exact thing better than that person, but you neglected your craft. And now you're, now you're missing out on the dream that you once had is now deferred. So. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I really hope that whole shit didn't get fucked up with the fucking toilet flushing. Yo. I hope he didn't drop like mad gems this year. Yeah, so. That was great. Just in case it comes up, that was Lance throwing. Yeah, I was throwing turtle water. Shout out my turtle squirtle. He was was chilling there. What advice would y'all give to your 20 year old self? To my 20 year old self? Man. Whew. Yeah, you're going to have to come back to me. Lance. Nigga, <laughs> stop being a bitch. <laughs> stop being a bitch. Like, fucking go in, bro. Go in. That's a hard love. <laughs> hard love. Oh, yeah, that's definitely tough love. Stop being a bitch. Go in. Don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, for sure. Don't be afraid to fail. Try shit. Fuck with these motherfuckers, think. They ain't doing shit any goddamn way. And just hone your craft and um, get outside your bubble. You know? Go outside and try. It don't take nothing, bro. Especially 20-year-old, man, you wasn't doing shit. <laughs> motherfucker could have been... You was still at home. Yeah. You could have took advantage of that shit. But I'm not upset, though. I'm not one of these motherfuckers who like, you know, wasted my 20s and shit yeah. like that. Like, nigga... I'm finna live this shit up. I'm 30 years old, and I know way more than I ever knew at 20. So yeah. I'm finna make this shit count. Yep. I'm trying to make my 30s better than my 20s. Yeah, and they will sure. be better. So. Sure. All right. Uh, for me, man, I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna tell myself don't be a bitch. You know, I ain't gonna say that. But I, <laughs> but I will say, um, I will say, stop being afraid to take risk. I, I feel like I took a risk, but. Not as much as I should have, and actually, I'm gonna take that back. Yes, yeah, stop being a bitch. Stop being a yeah, bitch, bro. Stop, I ain't gonna front. Stop being a bitch. Like, and you know, hold up, not even cut you off. I was also telling myself, bro, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you smart. You that the ideas you thinking? All this shit we be seeing. Like I said, we be seeing shit now. Hell like, yeah. you know, I was doing that shit when I was like 22. Hell yeah. So I would tell myself, nigga, you. You're right. Hurry yeah. up and do that shit. Yeah. Because a motherfucker who there's some her up and T Pain said the shit and some shit. Hurry up and do that idea that you want to do before somebody does it worse than you. Yeah, I was just saying budget. that. Yeah. But uh, now nah, I'll say I'll also say stop second guessing myself because mm. man, I, I second guessed myself so many times mm. when I was when I was always right. But I doubted myself. Yeah. So stop second guessing yourself. Stop doubting yourself. Read more, and just just continue writing the way the way you you once were, which is I'm already doing. That, you know, so so yeah, just just don't be afraid to take risks and stop second guessing yourself, and uh, don't be afraid to to make connections. 
stop being so shy. Communicate more. And yeah, be more adventurous. Not in a bad way. Though. I ain't, you know, I ain't, I ain't trying to do do no wild shit, but be more adventurous. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I can think of for now. I would have told myself to be way more adventurous. Yeah. You about to get married. Hurry up, nigga. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, you got to edit that. We don't, we don't, we don't want to need to hear that. Shout out to Definitely. Shout out to Olivia for sure. Shout out to my brother, uh, Olivia. Jean. Awesome. Thank you all so much. For oh, no problem. To me. No, thank uh, you. Where can people find your guys' socials and music? All right. Uh, you can find our music on Tumblr, Lords of the Lords of the Thrift .tumblr.com for our freestyles. Uh, you can find us. We frequent our Instagram, so if you can't find anything on anywhere else, you can always get in contact with us on Instagram. Lords of the Thrifts on Lords of the Thrift on Instagram. Mm -hmm. and, and our shit is on Spotify. Yeah. Streaming right now. So, you know, Lore has it. It's on Spotify. That's our tape. We also on YouTube. Yeah. Lore has it. Lords of the Thrift on YouTube, I believe. Just look up Lore has it. Lords of the Thrift. And, you know, we got plenty of shit coming. And, um, yeah, so just follow us on Tumblr. That's more so of our creative expression and mood boards and shit like that. And, <laughs> No, we got our personals too. Hmm? Our personals. Yeah, personals at Lance Crook Zero. Yeah, mine is Cashmere Mahogany. That's K A J M Y R M A H O G A N Y. Yeah. And we didn't get to talk about it as much, but y'all have uh, your um, fashion too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do a lot. Oh, yeah, so at Dirty Ricey <laughs> for the resale shit. Um, that's for part two. Yeah, that's for part two. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They'll be on the lookout for some pepper magic shit coming soon. Too, and then uh, so. stay fly 365. Yeah, stay fly 365. So, got shit coming. Man. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you, so you for having us. Yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, that was Lance Cook and Jerome Madison, otherwise known as thrift lords i seriously urge all y'all to check out their music you can find their album lore has it on spotify soundcloud and youtube you can also give them a follow on instagram i'll be linking their handles in the show notes and last but not least please give this podcast a follow as well on instagram at love made visible pod Share it with your friends, your family, co-workers, everyone you know, and stay tuned for new interviews every Monday. Thanks so much, and I'll see y'all next week. Bye!